What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Clips Combo Show, a podcast by the Sporting Tribune, where we break down everything you need to know about the LA Clippers. I'm your host, Joey Lynn, and I'm super excited to be back with you uh, because really, again, about an hour after I finished my last podcast episode, I contemplated quitting podcasting altogether. I mean, guys, it's kind of gotten ridiculous, and it's not anything that I can control, uh, anything that I can do better in terms of when I decide to record. But it is now, I think I've done five or six episodes, about half, if not more of those have become at least partially irrelevant by an hour or two after I finish recording. Because as you guys know, half of what I do on here is focused on breaking down the games that have happened and the games that are going to happen in between this episode and the next episode. Well, sometimes, as I believe is normal to do, I will talk about two star players in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and their ability to impact the upcoming stretch of games. When I say that, at the time that I say it, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are considered to be healthy and available. But then what happens? Well, within, like I said, a half hour to an hour after I record, Something seems to go wrong with their injury status, and then now all of a sudden, that is completely a wash. All of my analysis is flushed down the drain. So I'm partially joking about wanting to quit, but uh, it, it was a little bit frustrating to have that happen again because here I am uh, talking about Kawhi, who at the time had literally just made his return. I titled my last podcast episode, Kawhi Leonard is back, and then... Literally by the next game, he was not playing again. Uh, you know, don't want to say fortunately it's because of a different injury because it's never fortunate to have an injury situation. But thankfully, it's not, at least as far as we know, uh, related to his knee. Instead, he turned his ankle. We're going to get into that later. Um, when I start the second segment, I'm going to talk about Kawhi and, and PG and, and the injury updates that I have for you guys, uh, Luke, as well. But, you know, for now, I just wanted to start this episode by saying uh, if you've been a loyal listener, and you're tuning in, uh, you know, you're one of the first people to listen. Uh, you know, you may have gotten some relevant analysis at the time. But if you were tuning in, I mean, even any longer than like an hour or two after I recorded the podcast, uh, you're probably like, what is this dude talking about? Kawhi's not playing. PG's not playing. Uh, I didn't know that at the time. PG had uh, missed the second half of, I forget which game it was, but the Clippers were up big. PG sits out the second half. Uh, with with his knee uh, injury, is, is that's what they were calling it at the time. And then we find out later it was actually a hamstring. Uh, so, so that whole situation was kind of confusing because we didn't really know what was going on with that. Like I said, we initially thought it was a knee injury, and then they're saying hammy. So I thought Paul George was all right because we saw that video in the tunnel of him talking to Bomber uh, and him saying that, you know, he was a little bit sore, but he was all good. And then, you know, come to find out the next day it's actually a hamstring and he hasn't played since. Uh, so that's a little bit tough um, for me because I'm like, man, do I need to change up my whole format where I don't even talk about injuries no more? Like, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what we're going to do about that. But for now, um, we're going to stick with the same format. Like I said, last time we're going into these, these uh, segments now, two 21-minute segments. Uh, the first segment's going to be talking about the games that have happened since we last spoke and the games that are going to happen in between this episode and the next episode, and then segment two is where we, you know we dive into the clips combos method and talk about conversation topics around the team. 
Uh, but to get going now on segment number one, because like I said, I don't want to talk too much about injuries right now because I will be getting into those. I'll have an injury update coming for you guys at the start of segment two about midway through this episode. So t- stay tuned for that. But for now, I do want to talk about the games that the Clippers have played since we last spoke. I was frustrated about it because, you know, they were coming off of a couple of really good stretches. I was talking about it on the last episode. I believe their last uh, two stretches of four game sets or three and one in each. That was what six and two over their last eight coming into my last podcast episode. And uh, at that time, you know, Kawhi Leonard had just returned, was thinking, okay, he'll be back, you know, presumably for, for the foreseeable future. And, now, at the time, it didn't seem like Paul George was going to be sidelined long-term or, or even for more than a game or so. So I figured they would have both of them for all of these four games coming up. Well, in fact, they had none of them for the four games in between the last episode and this episode. Actually, outside of that Utah game, I believe, let me go back and double-check, I think that that very night they had Kawhi. And yeah, no PG that night because he got hurt the day before, but they did have Kawhi in that game. Um, So I do want to start there because that was the game that happened the night I recorded my last episode uh, because I thought that was that game was very interesting because that was, in my eyes, indicative of what this team should look like uh, with Kawhi Leonard in the lineup. Obviously, you expect him to score more than eight points when he's fully healthy. But one thing that I saw during that game and something that I have seen frequently now with Kawhi Leonard on the floor is just the defensive attention that he demands is so great that it open thing it opens things up for everybody else that even when he's not scoring uh, at the clip that we're used to see him scoring at he is still impacting the game at a very high level uh, for the starting lineup it was quite interesting uh, Kawhi Leonard was a plus twelve uh, Reggie was the only other player in that game with a positive plus minus at plus four. And uh, Reggie actually played very well Had 27 points was definitely the player of the game in that one. But the defensive attention that is placed on Kawhi Leonard allows other players so much more freedom. Norm had a 30 piece in that game. And I think Kawhi's attention, the defensive attention that he demands has a lot to do with that, because even though he's not scoring at the clip, like I said, that we're used to see him scoring at, man, we are seeing teams throw so many guys at him which makes it so frustrating that he hasn't been able to be on the court uh, much at all this season because while he works his way back, the Clippers are in a very fortunate position to have a player of his caliber that you don't need him to really light the box score up in order to have a positive impact on the floor. And I think his defense has remained uh, at an elite level even while he's been working his way back. So it's tough that now the Clippers have lost him to an ankle sprain uh, just, just days after getting him back with the knee swellness. So that was the Utah game. And, you know, things were looking somewhat promising at that time. Kawhi had turned his ankle at the end of the game. Uh, we asked Ty Lue after what was going on with that. And you guys probably saw, I posted the video on Twitter. There was a reason why I didn't tweet out uh, Ty Lue's quote after that game, because uh, there was a couple of, uh, you know, questions for him about Kawhi and, you know, what was going on. He was kind of flexing his foot there on the bench. And it seemed like Ty just didn't really want to answer the question because he didn't really know a whole lot. He didn't really want to talk about injuries. He was like, man, I don't know. I don't know. He's fine. He's fine. So that was kind of like the way Ty said it. And I figured the tone in my eyes was not convincing enough 
for me, you know, as a reporter to put out a tweet and say, you know, Ty Lue said Kawhi Leonard's fine. Because while that is what he said, I just didn't, I didn't feel as if that's really like what he meant. It didn't seem as if he had like actually talked to Kawhi, talked to the medical staff and had a real indication of of how he was doing and if this was going to be something that would have to sideline him for any any games. Um, so unfortunately, you know, that 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 message did kind of get put out uh, without the context of the way that he saw it or the way that he said it. So, of course, fans are thinking, you know, what's going on with Ty Lue? Why is he lying to us? And, and could Ty have just said, I don't know? I mean, that's probably what he should have left it at. Um, but I posted the video, and when you watch the video, you, you can kind of see what I mean, where it's like, okay, um, not exactly the most convincing report there from Ty Lue in terms of Kawhi Leonard's uh, you know, ankle being all right. And then you know, come to find out he's sidelined for the next game, which is a big-time bummer because they're going into Golden State to face the defending champs, uh, a game that I was very excited for because really up until that point, uh, the Clippers hadn't faced any real contenders. You know, obviously the Utahs of the world that are kind of overperforming. It's like, okay, you know, how real is that? Um, but then, you know, going into Golden State, I felt, okay, this is going to be a good test. Like the Clippers at that time, I felt could very possibly have both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Because um, I didn't know that PG's deal was serious. And then, you know, come to find out they're both out. And it was just tough, man, going into that Golden State game, you know, in Golden State. Uh, so far this season, they've been the worst road team in basketball and the best home team in basketball. So you're playing them on their home floor uh, without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Of course, you feel like you got a puncher's chance. Just, you know, guys like Reggie, you know, guys like Marcus, Norm, John have the ability to go off and step up. But, man, you're facing the defending champs. You know, you're facing Steph Curry who's playing at an MVP level right now. Klay Thompson had just started to find himself. Uh, Wiggins was actually the player of the game in that one, had 31. So it was tough for me because I was like, man, I was just talking about on the pod how exciting this stretch of games is going to be. And you guys know it. If you listen to this pod, you know how excited I was for this upcoming stretch of four games or at that time, that upcoming stretch of four games. I was like, man, this is a great test for the Clips. They're going to get healthy. You know, they're going to see three, four good teams in a row. You know, show us what you got. And uh, come to find out, they were without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George for that Golden State game, lost big. We're out. We're, we're without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George for that Denver game. They fought, but I mean, again, never really had much of a chance in that one either. Uh, and then they go into <laughs> they go into that Indiana game at home, and you know, I could only really speak on the vibes that I was able to to gather from the previous two games. Um, but it did seem like, and this this wasn't anything that anybody said. So again, this is just my speculation. Nobody nobody has said this, and nobody would say this, but. I tweeted it out, it felt as if there has to be some level of physical uh, and even mental fatigue with some of these guys who all of last year stepped up into bigger roles than they ever expected they would have to step into. I mean, battle to get the Clippers into the play-in, you know, we're really just some some very poor luck away from heading into the playoffs and having a chance to go against uh, Phoenix. Uh, in that that one eight matchup, of course, with the PG COVID thing before the the play in, you know, you have all these guys playing hard, uh, all these guys stepping up, guys like Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson, being one and two options every single night, um, and talking all summer about okay, you know, we're gonna get back into more comfortable roles next to our two stars, and then now, you know, 
what, 15, 20 games into the season, you're right back to where you were last year, getting defended by the other team's best player every single night while Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are sidelined. You know, like I said, nobody said anything to me about this, but just the way I felt about it is the way the vibe seemed to be. Uh, there had to be a level of physical and mental fatigue with that. So entering this this Pacers game, you know, you're you're off a couple of bad losses. Not bad losses, but tough losses where you were without your two best players. Now you're going against an Indiana team that's got a lot of talent. You know, I wrote about it. I thought on paper, Indiana had a chance to have the three best players on the floor in this game with Halliburton, uh, Turner, and Heald. And again, you guys know I'm not a huge Miles Turner fan in terms of like what he could bring, you know, a team like the Clippers or even just his skill set in general. But uh, he was a player of the week candidate. The NBA just announced that, you know, he didn't win the award, but he was a player of the week uh, nominee for this past week of basketball. He was playing really good basketball entering that Clippers game. Uh, Halliburton was playing really good as well. And then, of course, Heald was coming off a big game uh, the, the, the game before Indiana headed into this Clippers game. So there was a real chance. And, of course, they have their rookie. Uh, Matherin. So it's like the coming into this game, it felt as if Indiana could potentially have the three, if not four best players on the floor in this game, if they continued to play at the level that they were playing at the few games prior. But we all know what happened. It was the big zoo show. Not only did Indiana not have the best, you know, two, three, four players on the, on the court, they didn't have the best player on the court. The Clippers had him and his name was Evita Zubats. It was a fantastic performance from zoo. The best performance of his, uh, I mean, you say young career, but I mean, the dude's been around a while now. He's, he's young in terms of age, but I mean, he's essentially a vet uh, in terms of service time. So it was incredible to see that from Zoo. I mean, I think I only tweeted about Zoo during the game. I think I had about like 10, 12 tweets just about Zoo and the things that he was doing in that game, if you include the post-game quotes. I mean, I hadn't seen anything like that. In terms of like performances that I've seen live, um, that was up there. That was absolutely up there. The building was electric. Uh, they were fired up for Zoo. Uh, they are chanting his name. You know, the fans, they were going crazy, man. They were absolutely going crazy, and it was much deserved. It, it was incredible to see Zoo have a night like that because Ty Lue talked about it after the game. This is a guy who he plays every night, you know, doesn't really get his number called a lot in terms of plays drawn up for him you know, does the dirty work. Um, he's the longest tenure clipper on this team. I mean, he was here before Kawhi and PG. He's the only player left from that 2018-19 team. Um, so it's special to see him finally, you know, get a little bit of recognition uh, for a game like that. Had 31 points, 29 rebounds, three assists, three blocks. Uh, the only other player in NBA history to post that line or better is Kareem. And, you know, some I posted that tweet. Some people mentioned talking about Wilt. I'm sure Wilt did it more than once, but blocks weren't recorded uh, when Wilt played. They actually began uh, recording blocks the year after uh, Wilt's last season. So any statistical line that includes blocks, uh, Wilt's not going to be there, but you could probably just pencil him in anyways. Uh, any insane stat line that's been achieved, you could probably say Wilt's done it like at least a dozen times. Um, so there's no disrespect to Wilt when I say that. It's just when you do the research and you look up, you know, through the databases to find, you know, stat lines like what Zoo did, uh, they're not going to have Wilt because of the blocks. But it was Kareem and and, and Zoo uh, who had posted that line. And I asked Zoo after the game, I said, man, how, how does it sound to hear your name alongside Kareem in, in something like that? And then he said, man, it's crazy. He said, it's crazy. 
He said, I always wanted to have a 2020 game, which is funny. He never had had one uh, coming into this game. 19 rebounds was his career high coming into this game. Uh, I think 18 or 19 was, was his career high coming into this game. And uh, he said, I always wanted to have 2020. He said, so when I had a chance to get 30, 30, he said, I wanted it so bad. Um, but unfortunately, he fouled out with 29 rebounds, man. And the Clippers bench was up screaming at the official. Uh, but but Ty Lu joked after the game. He said, "Man, what is Zoo fouling for?" He said, "He's just leave him alone. Just let him get the layup." Um, but I mean, even with Zoo missing out on the thirty thirty, it was it was an insane performance from him. Easily the best performance any Clipper has had this year. I mean, maybe outside of you know that forty piece that that PG had uh, in in Sacramento. But even then, dude, like twenty nine rebounds. Are you kidding me? 31 and 29, like ah, it's it's hard to top that. It, it, I'll be surprised if, if a Clipper this year has a game uh, like that in terms of just like historical great numbers. That was just absolutely insane from Zoo. So those are the four games that happened in between the last episode and this one. And you now, like I said, it was funny because I anticipated the Clippers really getting tested in these four games uh, with Kawhi and PG. Like, all right, let's see where this team's at. Um, but unfortunately. Uh, PG missed all four. Kawhi missed three of the four. And then now you're looking at the games coming up in between this episode and the next episode. There's three of them. Uh, we don't exactly know what the situation is going to be with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Again, I said I'll have an injury update for you guys at the start of segment two, which is coming up here in about five minutes. Uh, we're about at 17 and a half right now. We're going to go 21 per segment. Um, so I don't want to get too far into that yet. Um, but don't expect to see PG the next two games. Kawhi Leonard, not exactly sure, uh, but the Clippers are going to Portland on Tuesday, Utah on Wednesday. Then they have a couple days off, come back home, play the Sacramento Kings on Saturday, and then we'll have a long road trip after that. I believe a four-gamer uh, coming up after that. So with this upcoming trip uh, to Portland and Utah, it's a back-to-back. It's a tough back-to-back because you, know, you got to do the travel thing. Um that's going to be a tough game, a tough stretch of games for the Clippers where they they go against a Portland team that, you know, has been one of the better teams in the conference so far this season. Utah, who has come down to earth a little bit, as I expected they would. Uh, I mean, Portland's come down to earth a little bit, too, only four and six over their last 10. But Utah, three and seven over their last 10. They've dropped four in a row. Um, but both those teams are they're like a half game back of the Clippers in the standings right now. So uh, they're big games. You know what I mean? With the Clippers dealing with injuries. Uh, right now to start the season, you know, Lord willing, they don't deal with injuries extensively like this throughout the course of the year. But I mean, we've seen how things go like this Western conference can get super jammed up. Uh, and when you have uh, guys in and out of the lineup, it can be tough to really separate yourself. So games like this are important. I don't, I don't expect Utah to be in the playoff picture at the end of the season, but I know Portland expects to be in the playoff picture at the end of the season. As long as they have Damian Lillard on their team, uh, they expect to be in the hunt. So if the Clippers can get a win against Portland, it'll go a long way towards not only creating a little bit of separation in the standings, uh, but also, too, it's always good to get wins against uh, Western Conference opponents that project to be you know, around the same place as you in the standings. Because if you were to happen to end in a tie, those tiebreakers uh, really loom large at the end of the season. So that always needs to be uh, a point of emphasis going into a game against a team like Portland. So you have to imagine the Clippers – uh, we'll have that on their bulletin board in the locker room going into Tuesday. You know, hopefully they can get a win. Like I said, um, don't expect to see Paul George in that game. Kawhi, we don't know yet. I would say maybe about a couple hours after this episode's released, 
uh, will have a status for him, which is why I'm not going to say anything because I'm not not doing that again, man. Not doing that again. Almost had me quit podcasting after I started talking about Kawhi being back and the dude rolled his ankle again. So, I mean, yeah, not not doing that. But uh, those are the two games on the road, and they come home and play Sacramento. Sacramento's a good team, man. Sacramento is a good team. Again, they've dropped their last two, uh, but they have really started to show the world that it might be time uh, for them to enter the playoffs. Like, you know, it's been a long time coming for them and their fans, uh, but the Beam team is a fun team to watch, man. They're they're having a lot of fun over there in Sacramento. Of course, you know, that's that's their home uh, home win thing. Or actually, I think any win, they, they like to the Beam. You know, but when they're at home, they make it a whole thing. Um so it's cool to kind of see what they're doing. They're not going to be an easy team to beat. Uh, again, another team, half game back from the Clippers in the standings. Uh, really only one game separates all these teams in the loss column, uh, loss column about half game in the standings. So uh, it's a big stretch for the Clips, man. Three games in a row against teams that are literally right behind you uh, in the standings. You know, who knows where they'll be like at the time that they're playing, but it could be tied, you know, it could be a half game up, could be a half game back. Uh, but really about a half game is going to separate the Clippers and each of the three teams that they're facing uh, in between this episode and the next episode. So that's a big deal uh, going into that next three-game stretch. Hopefully the Clippers can go 3-0, and 2-1. You'll feel pretty good about that. So that is segment number one. As you guys know, we like to do you know a recap of the games that have happened in between the last episode and this episode. And then, of course, uh, we preview the games that will happen in between this episode and the next episode, but you guys know how I love my segment too, because it's it's really getting down into the roots of Clips Combos, where we talk about conversation topics around the LA Clippers, and uh, you know, Lord willing, one of these days, segment two will not start with an injury update, and I'll just be able to tell you guys, yeah, fully healthy, you know, headed. In, maybe I won't say that because I don't want to jinx it, but you know, I'll say nothing to report right now. Uh, that would be be the goal, of course, but uh, as of right now, that's not the case. Going into uh, this upcoming three-game stretch, the Clippers have injuries to three key players that we need to talk about. Of course, two of those are Quad Leonard and Paul George, and the other is Luke Kennard. Well, if you don't follow me on Twitter, if you just happen to miss it, uh, heading into yesterday's game against the Pacers, the Clippers announced that Paul George will not be traveling on this upcoming road trip, meaning he is out a minimum of at least two more games. Luke Kennard will also not be traveling on this road trip, meaning he as well will not play against Portland or Utah. And Kawhi Leonard's status is currently TBD for the road trip, meaning he has not been rolled in or out uh, of traveling with the team. And even if he does end up traveling, that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to play. Um, so it's tough. The Clippers will be without at least Paul George and Luke Kennard for Tuesday and Wednesday in Portland and against Utah. And then Saturday versus Sacramento, we have no idea what's going on with that game. Uh, but I was able to gather a little bit of information on the injury status of Luke Kennard uh, before yesterday's game. Uh, he was out shooting on the court uh, before the game, and it wasn't just like, you know, spot ups. He was moving around, movement threes. Um, you know, I've seen him work out every single day, both at practice and at games. To me, it looked like the exact same routine that he goes through on a regular game day that he'd be playing in. But of course, he'd already been ruled out at that point. So I was honestly somewhat surprised to hear that uh, he was not making the trip because to me, it looked like he was moving well. But, you know, calf strains are tricky, man. It's it's a lot different when you're in a controlled workout environment 
and you can pick and choose the movements that you're going to do and not going to do. And then when you go out on the court, you know, you got to move laterally defensively, you know, all this stop and go um, is tough. So you got to be careful with that. So, I mean, it, it was a little bit surprising to me initially, but I suppose it makes sense because the calf's tough. Um, but when I saw Luke in the locker room, you know, like I said, I'm not there to pry, you know, for information that the Clippers don't want out there uh, for their injury stuff because we know how they are with that. Um, but, you know, again, he said he feels good. I talked to him. He said he feels good. Um, you know, said he's getting close. So it, it was one of those things where it's like, okay, he's not going to travel on this trip. But, again, I wouldn't expect this to be like a super long-term thing for Luke. Feels like he's getting closer, you know, every single day. So uh, he will not travel on the trip, but he, you know, is working out. Uh, out on the court, you know, doing his usual pregame routine. So hopefully he's close. Uh, in terms of Kawhi and PG, a lot less to report on that front, other than, of course, like I said, PG not making the trip. And then Kawhi, uh, you know, TBD. Like I said, the injury report usually comes out around five. I'll have that tweeted out on Twitter for you guys, uh, you know, once it drops. Um, and then we'll have a better idea on, you know, what's going on with, uh, you know, Kawhi and PG. Um yeah, the Clippers just posted on Twitter just some pictures of the team boarding the plane. Don't see Kawhi, but they probably wouldn't have done that anyways, even if he was traveling. Because, you know, then it's like, oh, are they implying that he's playing? Everybody freaks out about it. So um, we'll get that injury report in a couple hours, and then we'll know, you know, if, if at least if Kawhi's out uh, for tomorrow. We know PG is going to be out. We know Luke's going to be out. So that's the injury situation. Uh, what that kind of leads me into is like the main conversation topic that I wanted to address uh, in this episode, because I mean, as of right now, like I said, kind of the vibe that I was, I was getting, you know, from the team going into that Indiana game was like, man, we're dealing with this again. Like, you know, we just went all of last season. Of course they knew last season that Kawhi was going to be out. You know, they knew that Paul George was going to be sidelined uh, for the majority of the season after his UCL tear, uh, if not all of the season, you know, with that UCL tear. Um, so they were able to show up every day and compete and do what needed to be done. But this year, it really felt as if they were ready to get back into more comfortable roles um, and, and start molding this team into a championship contender, into the championship contender that they've expected to be over the last few seasons. It just hasn't really panned out that way. Um, so I still, even despite the win against Indiana, have some concerns about that. Um you know, it's just, it feels like one thing after another, right? Like, you know, Kawhi comes back from an ACL tear, plays two games, and then is sidelined for 12 straight with knee swelling or knee soreness, knee stiffness. I think it was called like five different things. And then, you know, he comes back from that, plays one game, one, two games, and then is sidelined with an ankle sprain. So it's like, man, it's just, it's so tough. You know, for the fans, one, but I mean, more so for the players who are showing up every single day and carrying, I mean, all things considered an unrealistic workload because you have guys who are career role players and great career role players and, you know, fantastic complimentary guys forced into star roles and they're not stars for a reason. So it's it's tough for these guys to continue every single night uh, to be checked by the other team's best defender and to face doubles and you know, to have to to shoulder an offensive load that they were never meant to shoulder, it's it's tough. So even with that game in Indiana, you know, with Zoo going crazy, I still have some concerns about this team's ability to sustain any stretch of, you know, extended success with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George sideline. Because it's not just a talent thing in my eyes at this point. There has to be a fatigue element. 
There just has to. It's human nature. You know, it's it's mental and physical in my eyes. And like I said, nobody's told me that. It's not something that, you know, I'm going to you know put players on the record saying because I'm not going to even really ask them. It's not something that they're going to want to talk about. They're going to want to, you know, try to create any illusion to their teammates, you know, that they're upset with their teammates. So I'm not I'm not saying that, but just, you know, from a from a human nature standpoint, you know, I do worry about this team's ability to continue to sustain uh, you know, any sort of extended success without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And then of course you have the even bigger issue there. You know, how much continuity are they even gonna have as a unit when Kawhi Leonard and Paul George get back? Because if they're just continuously in and out of the lineup. You know, it's tough, man. It's tough. They didn't really play with these guys at all last year. Of course, Kawhi didn't at all. PG, very limited. And this team's even different, um, you know, a lot different from the games that PG played in. So um, there, I think there is some valid concern there. Not to say it's it's like a fatal issue that the Clippers can't overcome, um, but, but you're going to need your guys back in the lineup uh, a lot more frequently than they have been to start the year. And, and I want to be clear, this isn't a criticism of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George saying, oh, they need to, you know, gut through these injuries and, and and play. Like, that's not what I'm saying. You know, you just got to hope that they can stay healthy enough to where that's a reality and that's a possibility. And so far that hasn't happened. So that was what I wanted to lead with in this segment after the injury thing, because, you know, I think it goes a little bit overlooked because, of course, it's easy to say, oh, you know, the Clippers just don't have the talent to, you know, beat the Golden State to the world without Kawhi and PG, the Utahs, you know, of the world without Kawhi and PG. And I agree with that, you know, on, on a regular basis, of course, maybe they can sneak those teams once or twice, you know, like you saw last year, but uh, you know, to regularly expect guys uh, that are, you know, career role players to step up into star roles and beat, you know, contenders, it's not realistic. Um, So you have that concern. And then you also have the concern of the potential uh, mental and, and physical fatigue of these guys. And then going forward beyond that, when Kawhi and PG do get back, you know, what, what did the team look like? So a lot of concerns there. Again, nothing I don't think the team can overcome, but I do think it, it's worth mentioning uh, that, that that is a dynamic to keep an eye on as of right now uh, because, I mean, like I said, uh, the team's doing all they can to stay alive in the absence of the two best players. Um, but, you know, it, it's getting it's getting a little old having to say, you know, when Kawhi and PG come back because, yeah, you can say that, but uh, one, how long are they going to be back for, you know, before something else, you know, takes them out of the lineup? And then two, you know, what what's the team going to look like when they come back? Because it's it's just we haven't seen that enough with this group uh, to have a whole lot of confidence in what that could look like. But again, you know, I say all that to say this, um, the team has the pieces in place. They were touted as contenders in the offseason for a reason. Um, I'm very confident and their ability to gel as a unit once they do get back. But I just I just don't think we can speak in absolutes right now about that until we see it. So that, that's really all I wanted to, to say on that. There, there's a lot of different moving pieces when it comes to the Kawhi and PG situation. And I'm not blaming anybody. It's nobody's fault. You know, it's not Kawhi and PG's fault that, they, you know, Kawhi stepped on somebody's foot and rolled his ankle. Like, it's not PG's fault that his hammy, you know, is giving him trouble, like, so I, I'm not really into like blaming those guys and saying that they need to tough up. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just talking about the the situation in general uh, being certainly less than ideal. So that's that. Um, you know, ho- hopefully they get back soon. You know, of course, this isn't expected to be long term for either one of them. But I mean, I think it's already gotten to the point, at least with PG, where it's like, OK, this is already a little bit longer than people expected. Um, now, with him, of course, him not being on the trip, too, is a little bit concerning. But 
Um, that's that, you know, and in, in the meantime, you're, you're seeing guys like Reggie step up. You're seeing guys like Zeus step up and credit those guys, man, like truly credit those guys, because, you know, it could be easy for them to just, I mean, be over it at this point, be over it at this point. Like, man, what do you want me to do? Like, I'm, I'm here taking slander. (laughs) I'm here taking slander from the fan base, you know, while I'm trying to play hero ball because I'm, you know, the only guy out here who can create my own shot. Or, you know, if you're a zoo, it's like, you know, I'm not used to getting touches like this. And all of a sudden, you know, they're throwing me the ball in the post and saying, go get us a bucket. Um, nothing wrong with that. But I, I think you got to credit these guys for not only doing it, but also having a good attitude about it. Because like I said earlier, you know, me talking about that physical and mental fatigue, that that's just my own sense. Like, that's just my own, you know, something that I anticipate being a real factor at play. But it's not something that anybody's told me not something I've overheard in the locker room. Like these guys are, are showing up every day and doing their job. So uh, credit them for that. Uh, but speaking specifically about Reggie, he's been a lot better lately. He wasn't great in that Indiana game, but who cares, man? They didn't need anybody else to be great when you got Zoo putting up Kareem numbers. Uh, but going into that game, I think uh, Reg had a, a stretch of games like three or four in a row of 20 straight. Uh, very efficient as well. And it was funny because I had said it on the podcast prior. And again, I'm not, I'm not into the whole uh, – you know, I told you so thing. That's not really what I do. But uh, on that podcast, I had said Reggie Jackson has not played well up until this point. I said it on that episode. I said, but one of the things we've seen from Reggie throughout his time with the Clippers that he plays very well alongside Kawhi Leonard. I said he hadn't seen him alongside Kawhi Leonard at all this year or last year. I said, but just give the dude a chance to, you know, get back next to Kawhi and kind of do his thing and, and see where it goes. Well, Detroit, San Antonio, and Utah, Reggie had 23, 20, and 27. 23 against Detroit, 20 against the Spurs, and 27 against San Antonio. Came on 58% shooting against Detroit, 73% shooting against San Antonio, and even 50% against Utah. He's making his threes as well. Three of five against Detroit, four of four against the Spurs, three of seven against Utah. I mean, he was great during that stretch, and now, I don't think it's much of a coincidence that it came alongside Kawhi Leonard. So Reggie has been much better of late, but much better with Kawhi Leonard in the lineup. And I think that there's a lot to be said about that. He, he I mean, he just he knows what he needs to do out there when Kawhi Leonard is on the floor. He knows when to pick his spots. Um, and then the attention that Kawhi Leonard demands just kind of opens things up for Reggie to just be himself and be great. So you know, like I said, I'm, I wasn't out on Reggie last week when he was playing poor. I'm definitely not out on Reggie now because uh, I think you know, he is he can be the point guard on this team uh, when Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are healthy and playing. So I wanted to talk about Reggie, but then I wanted to end this episode again talking about Zoo because, man, this is a guy who just does not get enough credit for what he does out there on a nightly basis. It's not just the big game that he had against Indiana, you know, 31 and 29. Of course, that's what everyone is going to talk about, and rightfully, and rightfully so. But this is a guy who does not miss games. I mean, I think he, the only time he's missed games with the Clippers is when he was in health and safety, which was unfortunate because health and safety ruined a couple of those streaks in the league where you had guys, you know, they were Ironmans throughout their career, and then, you know, health and safety takes them out, you know, whether or not they were actually sick or not. Um, you know, some of these guys were, you know, like around somebody who was, so then now you enter the protocol. It was just, it was such an unfortunate situation at that time. 
Um, but man, this is a guy who every single night shows up to play, you know, like I said, doesn't have his number called a lot, but this year with the Clippers, not having a true backup center zoo is playing a career high 31 minutes per game. He is pulling down a career high 11.6 rebounds per game, a career high 3.4 offensive rebounds per game, a career high 1.9 blocks per game and a career-high 10.5 points per game. Dude's averaging a double-double and just you know 0.1 below two blocks a game. And he's doing it on what? What is he shooting? 61% from the field? I mean, come on, man. Like, I don't know what people want from Zoo other than what he's doing right now. Like, I, I seriously don't know what else you can ask from the dude than, than what he's giving you right now. I mean, it has been special, special stuff from Zoo so far this season and and I think people need to take notice of it I think they need to give him credit for that because like I said you know he's kind of dealt with with some doubters throughout his career even within the Clippers fan base um you know he's dealt with with people who you know just didn't really believe that that he could be a a championship level center but man with the way his rim protection has been with the way his rebounding has been you know his offense has been efficient the screen setting, like all that. What 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 else can you ask for from a guy who's making what eleven million dollars a season? I mean, come on, man. Like I think Clipper fans are they they are starting to appreciate him a little bit more, but probably should have happened a lot sooner. Um, he's been incredible, and I wanted to end the 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 episode talking about him because I'm gonna title the episode about him. He has been the Clippers MVP this season, no doubt about it. If it wasn't for him, they'd probably be deep into the you know trenches right now in the standings. They'd be way down there. Uh, but but he's really kept them afloat, and you know they're twelve and nine. A big reason is because of Big Zoo. So I wanted to end the episode talking about him, Zoo Pak Shakur. <laughs> it's one of my favorite memes on Clippers Twitter, man. The Zoo Pak memes are pretty elite. Uh, but anyways, you guys, that will do it. Um, hope you guys enjoy this episode. Sorry if the audio wasn't quite as great. Was not in the studio today. Couldn't make it down, so I had to record. On my own little mic, um, so probably wasn't as clear, you know, as as great. But you know, if you listen to it, I appreciate that. Always so much fun hopping on here and breaking down Clippers basketball with you guys. You know, Lord willing, they can get healthy soon, have a, have a good stretch of games, a good stretch of health, and, and start being the team that that you know we were expected to see this year because the pieces are in place. You just got to get them on the floor, man. That's you know, it's really health is wealth. The best ability is availability, and you know, you're hoping to see that soon from the clip. So I appreciate you guys tuning in, man. As always, an absolute blast talking to you guys about the clips. If you ever had a game, come say what's up. Everyone, chop it up in the DMs. DMs are open. Appreciate all you guys a ton. And until next time, much love and go Clippers.